Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com and on Instagram at littleempirepodcasts. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the worst idea of all time. Coming to you live from downtown Auckland. It's your boy, Timbo. And your boy, Guy Montgomery. This is episode 31, a.k.a. Watch our, number 30. That's right. Uh, it's our 30th screening of the fantastic, and I use that word with no real regard for its original definition, uh, Maximum Joseph film, We Are Your Friends. We were so terrified of what uh, the future held for us last week that we... We took solace and security in the company of an old friend and uh, foe, Sex in the City 2. This week sees us wrestling with uh, certainly something that we've spent a lot more time with this year, but in an exciting and foreign new environment. Uh, the nightclub Impala on Auckland's famous Shortland Street. And i got to tell you, in spite of the pumping soundtrack that... Uh, provides a baseline for this week's episode of the podcast. The club is not jumping, jumping. Destiny's Child would not spend any time here trying to have sex with men. You're not wrong. I mean, compared to how it was earlier, we're actually looking a lot better right now, but compared to a normal club, we're looking terribly for midnight on a Friday in downtown Auckland. Up, like, Okay, let me paint a picture for you guys. Guy Montgomery and myself have been watching a movie on a fucking laptop in the corner of a club on a Friday night by ourselves, and it hasn't affected anything. Not remotely. We've had barely a look. It's an indictment on the club. Absolutely. This is. Do you remember that time we watched uh, Grown Ups 2 in a Kmart? It kind of reminds me of that. It's like you would think we'd be disrupting people, but as it turns out, no one gives a shit. Because no one was here. Is that an indictment on the nightclub or on our own perception of ourselves? You're getting too deep too early. Six of one, three plus three of the other. 
Uh, there are some people here now, though. Things are starting to kick off a little bit in the club, but we're not here to talk about the club. We're here to talk about We Are Your Friends. It's that Game Fry movie that was released in 2015 and received a middling welcome from critics and audiences alike. What was your watch like this week, guy? I gotta say, Tim, just the <laughs> like absolute change of environment. The fact that we are in, uh, you know, an enclave so far into myself, I can't speak to your familiarity or, you know, the regularity with which you visit Auckland's downtown central city establishments. This is not home turf for me. It's novel. It's new. This? I haven't been down here since I was a wee nipper, a wee early 20-year-old. Exactly. It's been a cool decade since I used to hit this part That's of right. town in a serious way. That's right. And accordingly... Good memories though, guy. Real good memories, bro. I don't know. Coming down here, hitting on university students who had just come to Auckland from their respective hometowns, you know? Oh, undoubtedly. Doing communications or whatnot. And that's exactly what impacted my screening this week. It's just a flurry of memories, a wave of nostalgia, both good and bad. And it kind of, it kind of overrode, um, the actual experience of watching the movie, like, as you can well hear at home, the music is so loud that we were really up against it in terms of absorbing the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, we actually struggled to get the technology to work so we'd be able to hear it. We did crack it though eventually. We got it in our cans, we did hear it, but like, I mean, God, listen, we're in a, we're in a nightclub. This was happening. Oh, it's classic moments where everything goes quiet and you feel like you're yelling. It's like the record, like, skipping and then, yeah, anyway. Uh, so yeah, and to answer your question, environment, we are so bored of this movie that we watched Sex and City 2 again last week, as you brought up before, guy. That's a fucking indictment, man, on how wretched this film is. But then I was watching it tonight in a new environment, few drinks in me, the right chemicals were coming together and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's a good movie. No, you weren't. Maybe this is you a good movie. You do not believe Maybe in what you're saying. That we have chosen to watch for a year every week is a good movie and we weren't quite the audience for it, but we were close, you know? We're looking for fuckboys. We're looking for guys in their early 20s. We're looking for me eight years ago. Would I have enjoyed this movie then? Probably not, but I probably would have had a friend who would have. Yeah, yes and no, man. Like, we arrived here and the bar stuff, everyone, generally speaking, was very surprised to see us. Um, and there was a DJ whose task was to... And we see this in the film. He's got no... He's, he's just sort of... He's the... The caretaker. He's yeah. the groundskeeper. Yeah. There was no one in the nightclub save for Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery. Oh, like literally no one. No one who wasn't staff. We were the sole For the punters. first hour of the film. Yeah. I cannot imagine, and I've tried, I like dabbled in a DJing career. You were good, man. I've been to you. I've been to a few gigs that you've DJed at. But... This guy is playing to an audience of two. Yeah. Both of whom are I'm watching very a movie. Actively wearing headphones yeah. and watching a screen. Yeah. How do you pick yourself up from that? It's hard, but it didn't deter him. And what I love most of all in this particular club 
is that there has been a smoke machine going hell for leather the entire time we've been here. It doesn't matter if anyone is enjoying it or not. If, it, if a club falls in the woods and no one's there to appreciate the smoke machine, will it still go off? Apparently the answer is yes. Because that thing has been going every 20 seconds on the 20 seconds since we got here. The Just way pushing you a lot of carbon dioxide into the air. The way that you look at a smoke machine is like a huge pressure release valve on any major function that people get anxiety about hosting. A wedding, a 40th wedding anniversary, a 21st, a 50th. You mean to tell me if you've got a smoke machine, it's smooth sailing. It doesn't matter if anyone's there. The fact of the matter is the party's going off. I mean, that wasn't what I was saying before, but I feel like it is now. You've painted a real picture well, like, for me. Well, no, you painted this picture for us. We had a DJ. I, all I'm saying is it was... All I'm saying is the smoke machine was happening. You're saying it's happening. You know what I mean? I see. You get the subtle difference between those two things, right? You know what? Even now, in speaking to you, I understand how the opportunity for miscommunication occurs time and again in a nightclub. The music here is obnoxiously loud. And I am aware that as I say that, we are not the target demographic right now. We yeah, are two true. men trying to find a secure area to converse about the movie where are your friends. Everyone else here, by all accounts, is looking to fuck. Or they're at least trying bump to, and grind. They're trying to find someone to have sex with. That's what clubs are about. I love being reminded of that as well. Like you, you, you go into town and it's just like, oh yeah, this is us for thousands of years. Back in the day in caves, it would have been dudes banging on like an animal skin that was stretched over a tree trunk in rhythmic fashion while you find someone who wants to have sex with you and you have sex with them. Like this is yeah. the same shit, man. Ostensibly, you're right. I don't like to think that, because what we've done is refined it, right? This is like... Well, not much, though, to be honest. What do we do? I add a smoke machine and that's it? Call yeah, it a is, day? Is the word refined wrong? Is it modernised? We mo Yeah, I think you're right. We modernised it. We didn't refine it by much. There's would just you, couches now and a smoke machine. That's literally the sole addition. Would you s sooner pursue romance... Uh, 500 years ago or in this current climate? He's saying, what would I rather? Like, what do you think would suit your strength? 500 years ago, so we're talking Dark Ages at that point. We're talking King Arthur and the Knights of the Round. We're talking, uh, uh, what is it called? Like, Imperial, uh, yeah, what, are yeah. they, what is it called? Uh, when, like, the castles are about and whatnot. Yeah, castle, castles. All I'm asking, I guess, Tim, is... Do you think that you are more like likely to thrive in your in the primal quest to oh find a mate in this environment God. or in any environment prior to this? The answer is so blindingly obvious. Were I not born in the current environment, there's no way, no way I could find a partner. As society has progressed, I feel like we have valued. Uh, physicality less and wordsmithery more and thank god I was born in 20 I mean 1987 rather than 1687 you know do you know how I would have done in a in a, um, in a uh, what's it called 
like a jewel, but when you run at each other with jousting. Do you know how we would have done in jousting? Oh, Holy you, my you friend. are not built for jousting. I'm not built for jousting. You know? I'm all about them angles. I'll give you that. Like, I know a good fulcrum when I see one, but I would, just, I'm not built for jousting. Wouldn't you have happily plied your trade as a jester? Maybe I would have been a bard. Have you seen the movie Wimbledon with the late, great Heath Ledger? I've not. That's the tennis one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the movie Wimbledon is about tennis, funnily enough. I got confused. I meant to say the movie A Knight's Tale with the late, great Heath oh, Ledger. Oh, yeah, because Wimbledon's the Paul one... Paul Bettany, who's yeah. in both. Yeah. So, I imagine... I've not seen either, if that counts oh, for anything. well... In the movie A Night's Tale, the character played by Paul Bettany is sort of like, he's a hype man, in essence. Is that where you see yourself, you know, where my earning a livelihood? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I could make it on my own, but I would be, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I was too quick to judge, actually, because they say that people didn't value wordsmithery. Shakespeare came out of the, what, 1700s, the 18th century, I assume. I actually know when he was alive, but I think that's about right. It's not important you do, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. He wrote a lot of plays. I get it. How many of them are in English? Not enough for this guy to care. Well, all of them. I will not listen to your propaganda. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you, Tim, is for me, as someone who has lived in this setting before and tried to, you know, like secure the company of uh, other people in this setting before. Members of the fairer sex? I do not thrive in this environment. Right. The club is not where you go to work? I just think, even now, we're watching where people... Where do du- you thrive, Guy? I'm interested to know. What's your ideal environment? I thrive... At a house party where I know 40% of the people. Nice. I feel like I thrive at a house party where I know 1% of the people. Like, if there is 200 people at the house party, if I know two of them, I'm like, great. Time for old Timber to make some new friends. Really? And I'll tell you what, I'll come out of that party with 40 new friends. That's great. And it's great to beg yourself. All I'm saying is that I look out upon the dance floor right now, which admittedly is a barren wasteland of humans, but when I have seen people dancing there over the last 45 minutes to two hours, I felt very uncomfortable, worried and insecure on behalf of all of them. You've put yourself in the men's shoes. No one's moving with conviction. Everyone's trying to maintain the appearance of having a good time while really being up against it's, it. It's interesting, isn't it? You're in a club and you're like, the only way this can work is for people to poison themselves to the point of being mentally deficient. And we all pretend like it's a cool thing. This is madness. And this is, this is the like, this is exactly the environment under which we are your friends purportedly exist. This is the rom- the romanticization, if I may make a noun, what once was a verb. They're yeah. trying to romanticize this environment and put it on film. It's, it's hard to do. It's bleak, man. There's a lot of sound mixing involved. Like, I mean, a lot we've of- got a redhead who's like two meters away from us, 
grinding on a guy who's got frosted tips in the year 2017. Not just frosted tips, but a severely receding hairline. I've been watching that guy for 25, 30 minutes. He is not a day under 35. Yeah. And the, and the woman is like, uh, you know, I feel like she could be finding someone of her own age, is all I'm saying. Well, just in a friendly environment. As a side note, let the record show, I do love this song. I'm going to say, in spite of our criticisms, very lovely glassy or potentially barman just came up. It took away our empties. we're all right. Says that we're cool. Okay, so listen. Business end of things. My shining light this week, I'm Montgomery on our 30th watch on our 31st episode of this season is, and I apologise if I've mentioned it in the past, but it's got to be Squirrel when he is at the security gates for um, the music festival they're going to in Las Vegas. He gets scanned, something's been picked up by the metal detector, the security guard looks at him funny, he says, it's my cell phone, and holds it out. And it's that look of fear that's in Squirrel's eyes, I think he sells the shit out of that moment. Without mentioning particulars, have you found yourself in a situation wherein you've been confronted by security? I'll tell you the particulars. So I went to a music festival. This is when I, I lived in Sydney briefly. I moved to Sydney for about six months. And I hope that this won't, um, I'm gonna try and tell this story without too many particulars so that my friend gets identified. But it's a great story, which I may have told you in the past, but the, the podcast listeners may not have heard this. So a good mate of mine, he had a crush on a girl years ago. She moved to Sydney with her boyfriend. He found out later that the girl and the boy, the girl who he was very sweet on, and the boy who she was with, they broke up. The relationship ended after a few years. So he had been in correspondence online with this woman who he was quite smitten with. And he decided, uh, you know what, I'm going to pursue this. Can I ask, or you can, you can uh, not answer the question, are these people together? No, they're not anymore. They, they, but way to ruin the ending, bro. Well, no, when you said anymore, you ruined the ending. You could have kept it open. You could have just let me tell the story, guy. But right now is different from did they get together. Well, then maybe I haven't ruined it. All right, so he goes, we were living together at the time. And he goes, Tim, I'm going to Sydney to go get the girl. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, all right. I'd just broken up uh, with uh, someone of mine. So I was like, yeah, I could do it with a change of pace. You've just broken up with someone of your own. Yeah. It's a weird way to phrase it. So we moved to Sydney. We moved to Sydney to go and get him to pursue this girl. The timing was just too good. So we went over there, and he bloody got him. It was a beautiful thing. So we lived together for a bit. I can't remember what the origin of this story was. So what you're building to is a moment similar to Squirrel's moment, wherein 
you're in this, you're, you're up against authority and you're knowing you're in the wrong, but trying to carry yourself as though you're not breaking any rules. So it's the moment in Squirrel's eyes when he says, it's his phone. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Oh, my God, you're totally right. So I was in, so this is when I was in Sydney and I went to a music festival called V-Fest, sponsored by the energy drink V, who do not sponsor this podcast. I won't bleep them out, but everyone listening know that I should have. So I went to the music festival, it was great. But when we first got in there, I was packing quite a bit of marijuana on me in a, uh, a smint tin, a little mint, and pre-roll joints. And uh, as soon as I put my foot over the line to walk in, a bloody drug dog came up to me. And uh, the two people I was with, who was my very good mate and the girl who he was now with, fucking freaked out. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, you're going to jail. I was like, guys, it's a music festival. This is going to be, we're going to be cool. And I know that this sounds like I'm painting myself in a heroic light, but... Well, you are. I am. But this is also how it happened. So it's like, look, if I know one thing about Tim Bad, it's that he can talk himself into and out of any situation. So I was like, don't worry, this is going to be fine. So the police took me away. And uh, they took the illegal substances off me, questioned me, and were so like good about it. They were like complimenting me on the ingenious of using a smint tank that was the perfect size to put some joints in. Like, oh, it's pretty nifty. I was like, oh, can I have the joints back? <laughs> like that's how you know kind of casual we were, yeah, yeah. or how I read the situation. They're like, uh, no. But they did let me back into the music festival, which was very good of them. Without charge. They put me on a warning, so apparently I got entered into some system. Um, But no harm, no foul. So all to say is, I've kind of been through not the same situation, but not 100% dissimilar, where the authorities have gone, hey, bud, what's going on here? And you figure it out. I gotta say, I admire your cool, man. I, I genuinely, it's one of those things where it's like, look, I don't have crystal meth on me. Like, you know, they're not fucking around with me. Uh, they've got bigger fish to fry than old Yeah, Tim yeah, yeah. undoubtedly. But even so, less so now, but in my youth, I was so fearful to this day. Really? If I see a police car on the road while I'm driving a car, I will rifle through every bad memory I have of anything I've done I'll be like oh they finally caught up to me I took that craft knife from workshop in year 8 this is it my chickens are coming home to roost Guy, you're one of the best talkers I know do you not back yourself to be able to like talk yourself out of a sticky situation with your I know I took the craft knife dude yeah, I was but 12 you years old it. you could be like Well, I didn't need that craft knife. There's a statute of limitation. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I understand what you're saying, but as a general rule... Oh... Things are about to get filthy on this dance floor. Yeah, shit's really kicked up. We've got a lot more people we're dealing with now, everybody. Just to give you a live update on this surround. Turns out a lot of people's dance move is mainly moving their right wrist as though they're either driving a car or trying to point at someone in a... I I feel like there's no room for us to comment on how people are dancing. We'd be looking like them, you know, if we were out on there. In a land of dreams. What I was going to say though is, yeah, like as I've matured, I've grown into, uh, you know, you know, the knowledge that the police, like, it's very self-absorbed to be worried that the police are trying to get you for anything really. And like, you walking into a music festival with a smint container full of joints, that's very small fry for them. But in saying that. At your age, that whatever you were, 22 was it probably, 21? 20. 20, yeah. Man, I did not possess the self-assuredness or confidence to be okay. I would have been like, I'm so sorry. This is my mum's number. This is my dad's number. Call them up. You tell them what I, like, just absolute meltdown. That's so funny. We react to things. We would react to that situation very differently. I'd be like, the complete inverse of that. Yeah, and like, that's why it's great. I got this, never contact anyone who is related to me about this. Very oh, smart. Nice. My shining light, shining light, different from yours. Um, and actually, like, one of the few moments this week where I was really invested in the movie as the movie that it set out to be and the movie that it wants to be week in, week out, rather than engaged with the fact that you and I were doing this in the corner of an, a semi-active nightclub. Um, after Zakoli plays James Reed's looking pool party, uh, his friends show up, they kick up a stink. Collectively, they leave. They're, in, they're down on themselves. 
and there's a dope Z- song. Yeah. Zicoli. Why have an outcast, eh? They have creative differences. Oh, that sucks. That, no, it's fine, man. Andre 3000 got a bit big for his boots, huh? No. Big boy think, got a big bit for his boots. Neither huh? of them got too big for their boots. They had a huge career spanning 20 years. Like, how much can you do something with another person? They outgrew one another and it's fine. But. Sorry, you were saying. Shining um, light. So, yeah, Zicoli at some point looks at the check and gets paid by James Reed. I don't know what the number is. You don't know what the number is. It's a lot. I'm going to guess in the family of $5,000. And it's a, a huge sum of money. And he's like, fuck, this is too much. And he goes back to James Reed's house with a check. And he says, I can't accept this. And James Reed says... Put that back in your pocket. You think I broke up with you? And this week it just stuck out to me. It was like... Often when I watch the movie now, I look at James Reed as this desperate loser who's hanging on to Zicoli as this, like, hope of retaining or rediscovering his youthful vigour and, like, the time when his lifestyle was enjoyable. But in that moment of the film, he's like... I'm the fucking man in this situation. Take the money I paid you. Like, I really liked it this week. It popped off the screen for you, huh? Yeah. And I don't know what to tell you, too, but that's how I felt about it. Good shining light, bro. Love it. Um, well, at this point, let's roll into our ad for our sponsor of this episode of the podcast. Audible.com, you beautiful bastards, you've done it again. A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com. What is Audible? I'm glad you asked. It is only the premium repository of on-demand audio content you can find online at any point in time. We're talking audiobooks, periodicals, commentary, comedy, everything you want to hear in your ears. Think of something you want to experience within your ears. Audible provides that. And the good news for you, my friend, if you head along to audible.com forward slash try now, you get a free month trial, including a free download. Now, for me, Tim, if I must, if you must know what I've been enjoying recently. I would love to know that. Steve Jobs biography, written by Walter Isaacson. This is a guy who'd previously written biographies on Albert Einstein, Sir Isaac Newton. Steve Jobs approached him and said, hey, I want you to get this shit down. And Walter Isaacson did, for better or worse. Steve Jobs, by all accounts, and this person's perspective, who's halfway through the book, not entirely a good guy, but it's fucking incredible to find out about it. And you can too at audible.com forward slash try now. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash try now. This movie's still fine. I mean, we're still here. We're still in the club. We're still doing the body. 
There's nothing for it. We've been joined by Kanye West. He was a great addition. Yeah. I so believe Jay-Z a... might be with us. Yeah, maybe. No, who is that? Look, Tim, it's not important. What's you know it? what is important? I'll tell you what's important. Getting sentimental with James Reed. Oh boy, every week we look at that big old MacBook Pro shaped box and we go, what's in there? What's going on? What's in the box? This is a box given by one DJ to another DJ. The first DJ is James Reed from The Feelers, noted New Zealand rock band. The and second DJ is Zicoli, the crying DJ. A DJ as well known for his emotional temperament as he is for his ability to mix together two different songs. By the way, here is a criticism I have of... I don't want to say the DJing specifically this evening, but in general DJing, people spend too many, too much time, too many times, too much time, like making it sound like one bad song is playing for several hours. I would sooner hear several good songs individually of themselves play out sequentially than some fucking wizard with a software. Like, I don't know, man. You sound old, guy. You sound like you're against the mashups like an old man. It's after midnight. Back in my day, we played one song at a time. On the old record machine. Anyway, I'll tell you what's in that MacBook Pro box this week, guy. And that is a solar-powered machine that separates the teary water that comes from Zicoli's eyes into drinkable water. That's why it's self-serving. Dude, when immediately. The, when global warming happens, everyone's going to be sad. And the only way to turn those tears into drinkable water is with the device that our boy James Reed from The Feelers has developed. Two things. One, that young redhead and uh, the guy with the frosted tips and the receding hairline looking very familiar with each other in the corner oh of the nightclub God, right now. Yeah, fucking A. Secondly, this is so much bigger than Zicoli's, like tears being turned into drinkable water. This is literally... This changes life rafts. This changes everything. You mean to tell me inside of that MacBook Pro box is the solution to, like, I mean... Kind of all our resource problems. Yeah. Yeah, you want to know what the ocean is? God's tears. That's why it's so salty. How do we turn that into drinking water? Using whatever the fuck that device is that fits into the MacBook Pro box that James Reed from The Fields just gave to our favorite crying DJ. How did this thing wind up in James Reed's possession in the first place? He made it, Bob. Yeah. What in fuck's name is that guy doing not painting that and giving it away? He believes in open source technology. I'm so glad you asked. He believes in bringing it to the masses, you know? He's a real Elon Musk type. He believes that the market will develop by giving the patents out to the inventors, get everyone to make their own good version of it, and, and that will grow the whole market. Tim, I think they're called like desalinators or something like that. Yeah. It's a whole insane to me. I understand wanting to service the greater good. Like, I understand you Dude, develop a technology. Got, no, no, no. 
sorry to say no to you. I'll never say no to you again, but I will just this once. Because that dude to our left is sitting by himself. I'm pretty sure this guy hit me up at the bar before. It was like, came in pretty hot and heavy. Well, let's just say... Ask me a lot of questions. It's not looking good right now. Let's give a live commentary of this young man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a young man in his early 20s, I would say 21, maybe 22, if he's pushing it. He is not looking good. Alcohol poisoning if I had to bet. He's weighing in at a casual 5 foot 11, and if I had to guess, 65 kgs. I would say it's fair to say things have not played out exactly as he might have anticipated earlier in the evening. It would be fair to say when he approached you at the bar, Tim, he was looking for a good time. He was looking for someone to have sex with, someone to fuck. He even told you that when you were ringing gin and tonic, that that was a bitch's drink. That was not for a gentleman. I've got to say, Tim, to look at this man by himself right now, slumped across that exact seat, things have taken a turn for the absolute worst. Here are the details I know about this young man so far based on my interaction with him at the bar. His name is Matt. He was asking a lot of questions. He was inquiring as to what I was drinking, and when I announced to him that I was drinking a GNT, he accused of being a faggot drink. He wanted to know if I was here with a girl, and when I announced that I was here with my mate named Guy, he was disappointed to hear that. I am sensing some latent homosexuality in our friend Matt, who is now seemingly suffering from poisoning from the alcohol. He's not looking good, he's not looking bright, and I will be very surprised if he makes it till the morning. I've spent a few nights in his corner myself, not in terms of the passive-aggressive, homophobic sentiment, uh, you know, Professor the Bar, but certainly in terms of winding up by yourself, inebriated, in a nightclub, hoping for the best, expecting the worst, and that's exactly where we find our hero Matt right now. He is on his haunches, and I've got to tell you, I have not one smidgen of pity for the guy. He has fucked it for himself, I have no respect for him, I've got no bad feelings for him, I wish him only the worst in his quest to fake at home, <laughs> masturbate into a newspaper and pass out by himself. He's not in a good way, and he's by himself as well. That's the thing that gets me. No one is coming to his aid. There's not a friend in the world at this point. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. This club is not by no stretch of the imagination packed. But there's people here now. I'd say a good 40 people. Everyone's trying to partner off. It's a good vibe. If you look at it in the context of the night, we were told when we arrived here by the manager that we'd beaten everyone. The bar we're in or the nightclub we're in is hosting an after party for a gig that happened earlier tonight. He assured us at about 12.30, things were gonna start going off. It is currently 12.15. We've just had our first intensive saliva swapping makeout match. How do you fancy your chance if I went to take a leak on just holding the fort here for a minute? I'm fucking interested to see how it goes. Alright, best of luck to you. So, at least for the interim everybody, that's it for Timbat, and the position I find myself in is one wherein uh, I'm mostly just observing uh, the movement of a nightclub. Before Tim left, a guy made a pretty powerful, pretty confident move to lunge towards grabbing a lady's ass. I would say for at least five to ten seconds, the vibe was reciprocated. Um, and then not rescinded, but certainly they reset and took stock of the situation. It is so weird to me that a DJ playing Robbie Williams it's acceptable. 
don't get me wrong, the third album I owned was Robbie Williams' The Ego Has Landed. But never in all my years did I anticipate recording a podcast in 2017 where some sort of trap remix of that song would play out and quite literally lead to absolute bedlam on the dance floor. Not the main DJ, but the co-DJ. You know how every DJ has someone next to them making sure that they're turning all of the appropriate knobs and wearing the headphones in the appropriate fashion? And then they go and run drinks from the bar to the DJ? Yeah. As soon as the song started, he peeled off from the booth, he found a woman dancing by herself, and he started rubbing himself up on her. It did not go well for him. It is insane to me that that's, you know, like... Robbie Williams was the cue for that to happen. It's fucking madness. Welcome back, Tim. Thank you very much. What have I missed so far? Oh, dude. I'm shutting down. Oh, no, that's not good. I've never in my life heard Robbie Williams used as a backbeat to a dubstep track. That is a bold innovation from whoever is DJing tonight, and I welcome it. I am all about hearing exciting new ways of creating something we call music. And I'll tell you what, I've never heard of such a concept attempted before, let alone pulled off to this extent. It's amazing. Great it's, stuff. It's funny you should mention that, Tim, because I brought up that exact topic while you were urinating. It's just exciting, right? Like, for people of our age to hear Robbie Williams heard as a backing track for a dubstep like, I mostly song, found it confusing. Yeah, it's, it's discombobulating. But do you know what? All new social movements are. In the 60s, do you think that everyone was real comfortable with civil rights taking main stage? Some people weren't comfortable, but they had to get used to it. In the same way that we're going to have to get used to Robbie Williams being the backbone of the forthcoming uh, uh, dubstep apocalypse. I don't know if I'm super comfortable with those parallels being drawn. They feel like pretty different things to me. They're pretty flawed. It's pretty flawed. All I'm saying is social movements, they happen all the time. Go get yeah, used man. to it. Look, as promised by our host, the nightclub is filling out. I want to ask you guys, what do you make of watching We Are Your Friends in an environment that best matches We Are Your Friends, the movie, like the setting? You know what I'm saying? Uh, look, well, It was I like think, being in 3D, but 4D. Yeah, we turned to the nightclub Maybe to help our understanding of the movie, do we uh, deepen our connection to the subject matter? And I've got to say, as someone who is fast outgrowing the lifestyle shown in the movie, um, it's it's done very little for me in that respect. Like now, more than ever, I feel a terrifying distance between what we're watching both on the screen and literally in real life right now and what I imagine to be normal behaviour. Our mate Matt is still sitting there, dead-eyed to the world. And he's stopped moving, but his eyes are open. He's going to be there for 15 minutes until either... There's literally three ways that that guy can leave. One, his friends find him and are like, hey, dude, we've got to get you out of here. Two, a bouncer comes up to him and says, hey, man, you're creeping out the locals. You've got to leave. Or three, some drunk girl who he very confidently and probably embarrassingly 
spoke to earlier in the night comes up to him and is like, do you want to dance? So people have spotted us on our big, bright microphones and they don't look super stoked to see us. There's a conversation happening betwixt them. And uh, look, it's going to be exciting how the night progresses. One of them is wearing a Santa Cruz uh, muscle tee. I don't know what that means for the rest of our night, but at this particular juncture, probably what, ready to um, wrap it on up. Yeah, yeah. It does mean a lot for our night, Tim. I think what it means for him is the likelihood of getting anyone to touch his dick is very, very low. It's been, I'm going to be honest with you, um, it's been different and also quite tiresome. My voice is strained. We've been, we are like one centimetre from each other and both of us are yelling. Positively. There's no getting around it. Volume is key when you're in the club trying to record a podcast. And if we've taught you nothing else, person listening right now, there's two lessons to take away from this. Number one, you got to shout at the person next to you in a club. And number two, love yourself, bitch. Love yeah. yourself, bitch. you got to do it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Who knows where? Definitely not where we are right now. And look, let's, uh, let's take the opportunity to extend this as far as we can. Go to patreon.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. If you give us more than five bucks a month, you will get access to a myriad of content. And when I say myriad, I mean one thing specifically, and that is the Deciders Club, where some people pick what movie we're going to watch twice in a row, and then we do an episode. Our most recent one was Batman and Robin, and we did a whole director's commentary, two hours long on that bad boy. Uh, There's lots of other tiers too, but you get access to other shit. Guy is moments away from going to Perth, Australia to do some shows. Uh, If you want the details, head along to my website, guymontcomedy.com. Underneath the gigs tab, everything you could possibly want to find out about is right there waiting for you. Uh, Guy and I will be doing shows in the Melbourne Comedy Festival, the Sydney Comedy Festival, the New Zealand Comedy Festival, and we're organising our world tour to end this podcast as well. So everyone, stay tuned, stay frosty. We're in the club. We'll catch you guys later. Thank you for listening. This really has to end right now, dude. We've got to stop recording this podcast now. Ow! This movie's still fine. One of them dies, that goes screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Boners of the Heart? Boners of the Heart! Oh, Oh, Gene Kelly's butt's got a tumbler. Uh, Yeah, I was just about to send you a pic from it on the Twitter. It's a good butt, isn't it? It's a great butt. Full credit to the butt. Men's butt. Full credit. It's um, so interesting how good a nice butt can be, yeah. And I and I say that oh. from the position of somebody who does not have a good butt. So like I don't hold it against other people, but it is a real treat. I don't have a good butt either. I really when you see a good butt, it's like a it's like appreciating lovely art. It's like what a beautiful thing. Congratulations. Yep. 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.